testing one, two, three. Yeah, we're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night and has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. I love that daggum trailer. Yeah, it's amazing. This, I the, love this it. the song. Yes. Just a little piano. It is. Alrighty, welcome to another episode of Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And as always, I am Johnny. And I'm Randy. And it is finally October, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, spooky! Yes. You know when you take a poop in October, you call it a spooky dookie. <laughs> okay. Did you know that? Uh, no, I did not, but yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, man. But man, I cannot wait. This is my favorite time of the year. Man. And my favorite holiday is Halloween, of course. Because he's psycho. And uh, this marks one year that we have been doing Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. Da, 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 da. We should have had a little ceremony, man. We should have oh. had some little music going. But... I'm going to go get you a crown real quick. No, nah, I'm good. Find one. But man, who would have thunk it? A year ago, we started Small Town Horror, which it was just originally called Small Town Horror. Yep. And then once we realized, hey, we got a little chemistry going and we decided to do this full time. which made me do it. <laughs> it was Small Town Horror with Johnny and Randy. And I've had a blast this past year doing this podcast. And 
Lord will, I hope we have uh, plenty more to go. Absolutely. It's been so much fun watching movies that I have never seen, Mm -hmm. you know, getting to actually having a reason because my wife hates horror movies. I don't get to watch them a whole lot. Right. So once we started doing this, it actually gives me a reason to watch these movies, and I love it. Well, and like my thing, just like what you said, you've introduced me to movies that I've never seen, like Brain Scan was one of them. Yep. Uh, you made me watch that one. Um, the one I ever thought was complete garbage. I'm trying to think. It's got uh, oh man, Antonio Banderas in it. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever. Oh, Interview with the Vampire. I don't think yeah, I ever picked a garbage movie. Yeah, that was it. No. Uh, let's so, see right, here. So anyway, Jack we, Frost. How, that uh, wasn't mine. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was yours. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. But anyway, anyway, but we got to see some pretty good movies and some pretty bad movies. But yeah. that's what makes it fun. Uh, yeah. Because we, I mean, Black Christmas, come on. Right. David Pullum. <laughs> and last year when we first started, the very first official um, episode was the original 1978 Halloween. Yep. And what better way to start... Another year with, or not start, yeah, start another year with the 2018, 40 years later, Halloween. It's actually the sequel. Yes. And then, let's see, next week, Halloween Kills comes out in theaters. Yep. And we are going to do an episode on Halloween Kills, but we're not even going to write stuff down like that. We're literally just going to talk about what we liked about the film, what we didn't like. We're not going to do any major spoilers like that. Chances are it'll be in the parking lot of the movie theater. Right, yeah, because I mean... You know, while it's fresh on the brain. But last year we did the original 1978 Halloween, and then we did Rob Zombie's remake. Yep. So I thought that was pretty neat that here it is a year later, and now we're doing the sequel to the 1978. And I still believe, if I'm not mistaken, which only time will tell because Halloween Kills comes out next weekend, uh, I believe this is still the highest grossing horror movie uh, box office. Really? Yes. Hmm. I know Freddy vs. Jason was one of them. Yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloween was the highest grossing movie, uh, I believe it was Labor Day weekends when it come out. Come out in August, is that? I don't don't give me the No, I can't remember. Anyway, it, it, uh, it held its title for like seven or eight years, and then this one come out into 2018. But, anyway, um, Randy, this was your first time viewing it, wasn't it? No, this is your second time. We, second watched time. It, we watched we it. We watched it just to watch it. Yeah. I've never seen it because you wanted me to see the trailer for Halloween Kills. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. you didn't want me to watch the trailer until I watched the movie. Yeah. So, what'd you? Th- so um, no rating or like that, but what did you think? Terrible. Absolutely horrible. It was the crappiest movie ever. No, I'm just playing. Anyway. No, I thought it was really, really good. I thought, like, I've seen some of the other Halloween movies after the original Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this, to me, is the best depiction of a sequel. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it and it and it's really because it picks up right, you know, 40 years later from the original Halloween. Right. And the thing that made me nervous about this was when I watched the trailer and, like, they excluded the... Isn't that your grandmother's brother? And they're like, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, they're wiping out all the other ones. Yeah. But they made it work. Oh, yeah. Now, the one thing that when we started watching it, uh, this time, which you kept pointing out, ain't this where this happens? I'm like, no, dude, that's Rob Zombie's Halloween. Because no, that's dude, the one that's I had Rob's... in my brain. And, right. And, and I'll I... go ahead, let me go ahead and throw it out there now. Go ahead. I like Tyler Maine as Michael Myers better than any of them. Right. You've said that but before. But just because he's a hulk of a man. Right. Dude's huge. 
And I like Rob Zombie's Halloween, but me and you both agreed it was just too vulgar. Way, way too vulgar. It was just too much unnecessary cussing, and yeah, it was just it was too bad. But I enjoyed the backstory. Yeah. But even the backstory, they just made him so, you know. And then that's what you were talking about. You were trying to compare that to the original. And that's what I was saying. When John Carpenter and Deborah Hill did the first one, they were doing just a low-budget horror movie. They didn't realize it would take off like that. Well, then they were like, oh, snap. So we got to have a backstory. So they started adding them into the sequel, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I'm happy that we picked this one because I absolutely love this film. But... Before we get started, do you want to read the summary? And you better make it a good one. Summary. Make it a good one. Tip of the tongue and the teeth, the lips. Lori Strode confronts her longtime foe, Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. See how much better it is when you get that movie... Movie theater voice. Well, when you pick one up, let me know. Anyway. <laughs> Fat head. Awkward silence. <laughs> I was waiting for you to like, I'm like, oh, we need to pull this cast up here. <laughs> but, and once again, I know we said this on our last episode. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Okay. On the uh, Amityville Horror, uh, which I love the episode, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. thought it was awesome. Uh Perfect casting for this film. The only thing I would have changed... Now, after I've seen it, I was like, man, she did a wonderful job. Uh, Judy Greer plays Karen. That's uh, Lori Strode's daughter. When I first heard that she got cast... I mean, which I like her. She's a good actress. But I was like, dang it, why did they not pick... um, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just forgot her name. It was right there. I'm, oh my gosh, why I can't believe I just forgot her name. Uh, Daniel Harris. Daniel Harris plays her daughter in four, five, you know, all that. And she's such a big uh, horror icon, like with the Hatchet films, with the Halloween films, you know? Yeah. And I was like, man, that would have been cool if they would have united Jamie Lee Curtis and Daniel Harris but after I saw the film, I thought Judy Greer did a great job. So, I mean, there's no complaints. But only thing on casting that I'll say, mm-hmm. and I love Will Patton. He's, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies of his is, is uh, Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. I, I kind of missed Brad Dorf as the Oh, yeah, yeah. As the cop. He did, such, yeah. Oh, he did such a good job, man. And see, to me, he's the one that makes the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. I, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, so, we'll go ahead and get with the cast. Of course, reprising her role, Jamie Lee Curtis plays Laurie Strode. The Scream Queen. Uh, we actually have a couple of different actors. They actually brought back the original Michael Myers, The Shape, Nick Castle, which I was super excited to see that he come back for this after 40 years. And, man, he's on my bucket list. I want to meet him at one of the conventions. And then the other, the main Michael Myers was James Jude Courtney, who I did meet this year, as a matter of fact. Cool, yeah. awesome dude. Yeah, he, he's, and he's a pretty big old guy, too. Yeah, I'd say so. And, of course, Judy Greer as Karen. And uh, her name is Andy... What is that? Ooh, Matachaka. I guess. Sure, why not? And that is Andy, too, isn't it? Yeah. She plays Allison. You got Dylan Arnold that plays Cameron. And you already took care of Will Patton. He plays Officer Hawkins. 
Uh, let's see here. Drew Scheid? I don't know. He plays Oscar, the annoying kid. The perverted one. Yeah, the one that got on my nerves. And then you got Virginia Gardner. She plays Vicky. And let's, I can't even say these two names right here. Can you? Jabril Nintumbo. He played Julian. Yep. Which he he did awesome. Yeah, here's a great job. And then, uh, let's Holick. see. Holick Bilgener. There you go. He played Dr. Sertan. Sertain. 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 And let's see. Miles Don't Ro- forget Dave. I was fixing to say, Miles Robbins played Dave, Dave, of course. Oh, man. Toby Huss played Ray. You got uh, Jefferson Hall played Aaron Corey. And what's how would you say her name? Ryan Reese. She played Dana. Dana. Yeah. And then the cop was played by Omar Dorsey. The, right. Uh, sergeant, lieutenant, sheriff, whatever you want to call him. Right. And you know what? I need the rest of the info. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so, I, I'm not on my game today, man. Shameful. I know, man. Golly. But the film come out in October 19, 2018, and it was directed by David Gordon Green. Music by the one and only John Carpenter and his son, Cody Carpenter. And let's see. Let me look here and see what we got. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 79%. Yeah, IMDb only gave it a 6.5 out of 10. 10. It's just crazy. Right. I mean, they only gave Sean's Check Redemption, I think, an 8.5. Well. That's an amazing movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. You can't. That's one of them films you just cannot beat. Yeah. But anyway, let's see here. Uh, I was trying to see where it says uh, who wrote it because they've got. Oh, written by Jeff. Fraidley. Fraidley, Daniel McBride, or Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green. You know, a lot of people, when they heard that Danny McBride was going to be a part of writing this, everybody was like, oh, he's going to ruin it. He's a comedy man. And I thought they all did a great job. Yeah. So he probably had uh, the guy you hate. It was probably his his uh, property because he was the only comedy in it. The guy you oh like. Oscar, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that being said, so are we ready to get into the film, or do you got anything else you'd like to share? Or what? I think we're ready. <clears throat> All righty. So, warning, spoiler alert: if you have not seen this film yet, yeah. which you should. Three years ago. <laughs> yeah. So the opening scene, first thing I noticed when I went and saw this in the theaters, when it's showing the title of, not the actual Halloween title, but when it's showing like the names, mm-hmm. it's got the classic orange and black, just like the original 1978 did. Yep. So already I was like, yep, they did that right. You know <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, they brought back John Carpenter to do it, so. Right. He knew what he, knew what he was needing to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we open up with... Uh, we see two people at Smith's Grove. Their name is Aaron and Dana. And they're kind of looking around. You're showing different shots. You can hear like the doctor talking to different patients. They're showing clocks. And you can tell that Aaron and Dana are journalists. Mm-hmm. Like they're getting every, they're getting their tape recorders hooked up and all this stuff. Well, right when Dana and Aaron start talking, they're like, we're here at Smith's Grove. 
right when they start to talk, this, uh, this siren just starts going off like an alarm. And now we get introduced to Dr. Sertain. And he reveals that he was a student of Dr. Loomis. Which you knew that I, you knew they had to throw Dr. Loomis in here because Dr. Loomis has, to me, always been one of the best characters in the entire Halloween franchise. Oh, yeah. But anyway, he's just kind of telling them, you know, that um, they've had him institutionalized uh, since that fateful night on 40 years ago. And he even says, he says he hasn't uttered, uttered a word in 40 years. And he says he can, he just chooses not to. And he's taking Aaron and Dana out to where, what would you call that, like the recreation yeah, area? Yeah, it's, it's almost like they're, uh, like the yard a prison would have almost. Right. Except this is just a, like a checkered floor, and they all have their own little squares, and they're all like chained down to like a little, I don't know. This is like a, they're chained down to the floor. Yeah. Basically. Like, yeah. And they can't get out of that square. But I thought it was really unique that, you know, as they're walking out, he's like, they get plenty of exercise. And because and, they realize that they're fixing to transfer Michael to another facility. And he's like, yeah, the, that facility's uh, hell. I'd hate, I hate the fact that they're transferring him over here because at least here, and this is when he's talking about, they get to exercise and they get to stay outdoors where when he's over there, he won't get to do nothing. Right. And it's funny because uh, the way Aaron is taking it is that, Michael is not aware of anything, and he's like, well, I'm, I appreciate you letting us come talk to him, and do you mind for me to get closer to him? And I love it because how they build it up, because Dr. Sertain is like, and there he is. And you just see the back, you know, you see all these in- inmates or whatever you want to call them, they're all moving around doing something, and then there's just one guy that's just standing in the middle of the checkered floor, and mm-hmm. he's not moving an a inch. And he's like... uh well, I'd like to talk with him and see if I can get some kind of communication, even if he's unaware. And he's like, oh, don't don't be fooled. He's like, he's aware. He's like, he even watched you, uh, what do you say, he even watched you when you... He watched you came in. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do like that, that he, this guy is paying close attention to Michael to where he even knew what Michael was doing. And then it's funny because he's like, oh, and before we start walking, he goes, uh, you may want to tie your left shoelace. And he's like the man over there with the umbrella. And you just see an inmate, and he's got long, stringy hair, and he's got an umbrella. He's like, he notices little things like that. And so I thought that was pretty unique, just yeah. kind of throwing that in there. So Dr. Sertain takes Aaron and Dana, and they walk up to where the little square is. And he tells Aaron, he goes, you can go talk to him and get close, but don't pass the yellow mark. Mm-hmm. Aaron walks up to him, and... He's like, hello, Michael. He's like, I've been studying you for years. And he he asked Michael, he's like, do you ever feel guilty about that night, about the victims? And, you know, Michael's not moving an inch. Well, he looks back, and he looks back at the doctor, and the doctor just slightly tilts his head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I brought something, Michael. And he goes, I got it from the, what did he call it, the evidence locker? He's got a, a friend uh, in the evidence something or other. And I love it because... When he starts to open the bag, you just hear the dun, 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 dun. Like, it's really soft. You know what I'm saying? And he's hesitant to take it out. And then he starts to pull it out. Well, as he's pulling it out, the the mask, he finally reveals what it is. He holds it up. And as soon as he holds it up, Michael finally turns a little bit to the left where you can see that he's got a gray beard. He's balding. And his left eye is messed up. And uh, he's like, you feel it, don't you, Michael? 
And as he's talking to them, all of a sudden the security dogs are barking and all the inmates around them are tripping out. One sitting there going, Figaro, Figaro, mm-hmm. you know. I love, I like that. I like Go how they, they let everybody else play off of, like, Michael doesn't speak. Right. It's like all the other inmates spoke for him. Right. Like, you you could tell that the mask, when he pulled it out, triggered something in Michael. But instead of him showing the emotion, all the other inmates showed it. Right. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, because even the guy with the umbrella, he won't let the umbrella down, but he's he's like, ugh. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah. everybody's getting fired up, and the dogs are barking. And the only thing Aaron keeps saying is, is you feel it, don't you? Say something, Michael. And he just keeps building it up. The music, and now the alarm's going off. Absolutely gave me chills. He's like, say something, Michael, say something. And then he just screams, say something. And you go, and the screen goes black. And it just says Halloween. I love it. And I remember being in theaters and that happened. And I was like, oh, oh. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we see a smashed pumpkin on your left-hand side of the screen. What's exactly, look? it looks exactly like the pumpkin in the 1978 version. And I like it because in the original credits, the pumpkin was dying. This one, it's coming back to life. I like that. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like, hey, he ain't dead yet. Yeah, and like I said, I don't care any horror icon film, anything. I love the Jasons, I love the Freddies, all that, but nothing would ever beat the dun 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 dun. That score was just amazing. Some, some of the best music, like it's it's the most in- identifiable. Like there are other things like the, like one missed call. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I mean, that's identifiable, but nothing everybody knows when they hear that. Dun, 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 right. Dun, they know what that is. Even if you don't like horror movies, even if you go, is that the guy with the uh, the His hockey knife? mask or, yeah. the, you know, anything, yeah. they know it's kind of, it's from a scary movie. That and. Right. You know, you know what those are off of. Right. So, anyway, after the credits roll, it's just a black screen that says Haddonfield. Haddonfield, Illinois, which is where Michael came from. And we see the two journalists talking and they're driving and he's talking into his tape recorder and he's like, I take it as he's comparing Laurie Strode and Michael because he's like two caged animals, you know, and he was like, um, oh, what did he say? Like staying away from society and not trusting anyone and like I said when I first watched it I didn't really catch on to that but but they're going to Laurie Strode's house right so that's the way I took it is he's trying to make sense of you know Michael won't say a word Michael's institutionalized but she's also institutionalized herself away from the world yeah he's, he's basically just making a comparison like she got Michael locked away but Michael's got her locked away too right and that's that's where the big comparison is between the two of them they're both in each other's heads. Exactly. And they pull up to the house, and which in the um, the special features, it's a deleted scene. We actually find out that Aaron and Dana are a couple. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why they left that scene. Well, they, it was kind of stupid. In, <laughs> in the uh, scene, she's in the shower, and he walks up, and he's wearing the mask. Uh, and he gets in the shower with it. I could have done without that part, but I thought they could have at least said that yeah. they were a couple. But anyway... So they pull up at Lori Strode's house, and it's got a huge gate with barbed wire wrapped around it, and there's a little intercom box, and he presses it. Or No, before he presses it, uh, he's like, I wonder if she'll even give us an interview, and she goes, well, if, if she doesn't, and she holds out an envelope, she goes, this may help. 
and Aaron opens the thing and it's full of cash. Or you see his hundred dollar bills and he's like, "We're journalists. We don't pay for interviews." Right. You know. Well, he finally hits the intercom and all you hear is a voice go. She's like, "Hello," and he's like, "Yeah, hey, uh, we're." Uh, and he kind of like is hesitant. And he's like, "Doing a podcast," and his and his girl just completely calls him out. She's like, "We're journalists," right? And you know, like just totally takes over the whole conversation. And uh, he's like, "We just wanted to know if we could speak with you on the Michael Myers case." Nothing's ever said. Well, then finally she goes, "Well, how will three thousand dollars sound?" And then you hear, there's the door opening up, the gate. And he just, she just smiles at him like, see, I told you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So now we're finally getting to Lori Strode's house, and we see that she's out far away, like on a gravel road. And it shows that she's got cameras all over her house, and you see the lights that she's got. They go knock on the door, and you see, all you see is Lori Strode's hands unlocking all these I'm going to say she had like, what, five, six locks on her door? Oh, there was a ton of them. And then she takes this big metal bar and sets it down. And we finally can see what Jamie Lee Curtis looks like in the film, uh, unless you watch the trailer. And she's got long gray hair. She's got glasses. They made her look really old. They did. was supposed to be 40 years later, but. Yeah, because if you see her, like, on a red carpet or something, or even the premiere of this movie, yeah. you know, she's always got short hair. She don't look her age at all. But I mean, you think about it when she was when she was in the original. It was she was what supposed to be like sixteen. Yeah, but she was probably in her. She was in her early twenties, I think. But yeah, she was supposed to depict six. So that I mean, that would make her four years later. That would make her fifty six, fifty seven. Right, in that range. Still, I think they made her look really old. But at the same time, they made her look really distressed. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that was a the, their plan. So they sit down and they're talking with her and. They're just asking her different questions about, like, you could tell Dana is trying to, I'm trying to think how to say it. She's trying to tippy-toe around questions. Mm -hmm. Like, she's trying to be more professional and understanding of Lori's feelings. And then he's just like, so is he real? And she's like, who? And he's like, the boogeyman. And she goes, you don't believe in the boogeyman? You don't believe in the boogeyman? And he, he goes... I believe in Michael Myers. The serial killer. Yeah, and she's like, well, you should. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it turns, it kind of takes a turn for the worse because she said, uh, can we talk about your personal life, your two failed marriages, your strained relationship with your daughter? And when you, when they start talking to her, you literally like, you just see the pain in Lori's face. Yeah. You know, and they, Reveal that they took her daughter away from her when she was 12 years old. And uh, she makes the comment about, well, can you tell us about the time when you got her, or when they, they took your daughter away, she was 12, when did you get her back? And she's like, I never did get custody back. But you already knew that, didn't you? That right there is already what that drew the line for, asking her personal questions like right. that. So... She starts to get up, and she's like, she goes to open the door for him. And uh, Aaron's like, they're transferring him tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, I know, tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Lori's already on it, you know. And he's like, we wanted to sit down and do a face-to-face with you and him to see if you could get him to talk, if there's any interaction. And she just looks at him, and she just says, time's up. I'll take my money now. Yeah. <laughs> or, I'll take my payment now, I think yeah. is what she says. So just gets up to the door, opens it up, and she's like, get out. Yeah. Just go. Well, I think when they hit that thing about 
when they try to play it slick, when they're like, when did you get your daughter back? Right. They should not have went that way. No. You know what I'm saying? Nope. So it cuts to now we're at, we get introduced to Allison, which is Laurie Strode's granddaughter, Karen, which is Laurie Strode's daughter, and then their husband, Ray. Ray kills me. He looks so. He looks too old to be married to Karen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he does look a little old. But it's funny because Ray's like, crap in my kitchen, will you? Like he, <laughs> he he's determined to get these mice. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Karen's sitting there drinking. I guess she's drinking orange juice, and Allison's sitting at the table, and she's like, "Oh, hey," she goes, "Uh." Don't forget about your uh, your dinner tonight. We got arrangements made because she's getting something. What is she getting? Uh, That's a, she's like getting into the National Honor Society or something. Yeah, but it's so funny, and I hate this line with a passion. Ray sitting there and he's like putting peanut butter on all these mouse traps, and uh, he's telling Allison he's like, so I know this boy's family, you know, and he was like they used to go around and he's just dogging her boyfriend is what he's doing. Yeah, and she's like, Dad. Dad, can you stop? And you hear the snap, and he's like, oh, dang it, I got peanut butter on my penis. <laughs> I hate that line. Like, who says that? Like, go ahead. Why? Why would you say that? Yeah, it just, it bugs me because, I don't know, it, it's just. But then as he's walking away to clean himself up, he goes, I gotta go get this peanut butter off my pants. Yeah, yeah, so, I don't know, but. Who would say that with your daughter five feet away from you? But it's funny because he's talking about, uh. Uh, Karen goes, he's a uh, he's a good boy, and Ray's like, yeah, they're all good boys until you get married to them, or they knock you up, then they get married to you, then you're cleaning their guns, then they're cleaning their kids' gun, uh-huh. and they're teaching the kid up. <laughs> yep, that's that's what kills me because then Alice is like, Dad, can you stop? <laughs> and that was a and to me that was like a really good scene, that part right there, the interaction because it seemed it felt like mother or like father daughter yeah. argument because yeah. I you know I, even me with like the girls. I've said stuff or made stuff, and, and Jenny or Jody would be like, Dad, okay, you know. That's enough. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, they get a knock on the door, and Allison's like, all right, I'm heading off to school. And now we see that she's walking down the street with her best friend, Vicky, and Vicky's boyfriend, Dave. And they're just talking about, you know, she Allison says, I hate this time of year. And Vicky's like, well, yeah, she goes... Uh, with everything that happened in, in your grandmother's past, you know, she's like, I'm surprised y'all even celebrate Halloween. And this is where Dave makes the comment. He goes, yeah, wasn't it her brother that killed all them kids? And Allison's like, no, that was just something people made up to justify it. Right. So they're already knocking out the sequ- the original sequel. <gasps> Excuse me. And honestly, this made a lot of sense to me. Uh, Dave starts talking and Dave's like, yeah, but you know, he goes... What happened? What ain't really that bad compared to what happens today? Mm-hmm. He's like, a couple people getting killed by a guy with a knife is not as bad as what's going on now. And, you know, Vicky's like, Dave, Dave, would you just shut up? But legit, like, okay, I mean, yeah, it's bad, but I'm saying, you really look at it, he killed like five people, five or six, I think, in the original, mm-hmm. with a knife, okay, or he's strangled or whatever. But it's th- honestly, like, with the day, the world has changed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really, it's it, he he really played that stoner part really good. Yeah, because it was like he didn't know how far he was going with, and when they finally told him, "All right, that's enough," and he finally realized it, he was like, "All right, Dave, that's enough." Yeah, yeah. he even told himself, "Chill out," you know. Yeah, yeah, he did. He caught himself, but it's funny because uh, they're fixing to head off to school, and he's like, 
do y'all care if I blow up this pumpkin? And he's got like what? What is that? Like an M eighty or that little firecracker, or whatever that was? Yeah, it's like it's like an old M eighty, or it almost looked like a cherry bomb at first. And he lights it and throws it on top of the pumpkin. He's like, go, 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 and it blows up. I thought that was a pretty good uh, cut scene because it shows the pumpkin blowing up, and then it shows them slamming the locker door. Yeah. Now we're introduced to Allison's boyfriend, who is Cameron. And weird looking, yeah. He, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is for real. And he's like, uh, you everything all set for tonight? Or she's like, she's like, is everything all set for tonight? And he's like, what do you mean? She goes, the dinner. And he's like, oh, I thought you was just joking about that. He goes, I thought you were joking when you said your parents are old fashioned. And she's like, be nice. Because, you know, I guess he didn't really want to meet them. Yeah, he was like, uh, I don't know about this. So, and then they're talking about the costumes and... You know, he's like, it's going to be great. And they get, they start kissing. And here comes the annoying friend, the guy Oscar. that I, I could not be around. Oscar pops up and he... I'm going to start being this friend to Don't. You. No, I'm you won't. start doing this for you. Oh, my gosh. He just walks up and he's like, you two guys just love birds and it makes me sick. You kiss them. He goes, I, want, I, uh, I just want to dump in... Oh, what did he say? I want to dive in the, uh, the dumpster or something like something that. Something like that. And started kissing on both of them. Yeah. And, <laughs> but it does crack me up because Cameron's like... Thanks, you just got your nasty, crusty lips, you know. And he's like, you know what? Oscar's like, you know what? That's for you. I left that strictly there for you. You know, you can carry a piece of meat with you all day long. And then, uh, and then he, he pulls out the chapstick. Yeah, and he starts, <laughs> yeah, he starts putting the chapstick on. And uh, it's funny because he's like, so we still set for the Halloween dance? And Cameron's like, no. Uh, you know, he, I guess he hasn't told him that him and allison are going as bonnie and clyde right and he's like you know what oscar's like you know what you can't just go around breaking hearts he goes you told me we was gonna go and i i just saying it's just one of them guys that i'm like i feel like he's always got to be on yeah yeah so I, I so it cuts to now allison is in a class and i don't even know what class it is but i thought this was filmed almost perfection to what happened in 1978 it starts at the front of the class, and it's just panning to Allison, and she's sitting there listening to the teacher, and she happens to look over on her left-hand side, and there's her grandmother, Lori, mm-hmm. watching her from the street, exactly like the 1978 where Lori looks out, and there's Michael down there. Right. I thought that was pretty neat. I think it was really cool because it's like, while Lori is trying to take out Michael, she's still in his head, so it's almost like he became a part of her in some way. Oh, yeah. So now she's kind of, while she's not doing everything that Michael is doing, she still has those little tendencies to just kind of stare off like Michael would. Right. Yeah, it made a lot of sense. She picked up some of his characteristics, like his personality. Uh, But the next scene is uh, Allison and uh, Lori sitting there talking, and she gives her that $3,000. And Allison's like, I can't take this. And she goes, she goes, uh, it's a gift from me. She goes, I want you to take it and spend it on whatever your heart desires. Right. And she's like, I'll just say, put it back for college. And Lori's like, F college. <laughs> you know, what grandmother tells her kid right. that. And she's like, just get out and enjoy the world and, you know, all this stuff. Well, Lori starts to walk off and Alice is like, uh, Grandma. She turns around and she's like, what did she say? Uh, does she invite her to the, don't she invite her to the dinner? I don't, I don't know if she invites her there because she said she, she called and talked to her whenever she asked her mom. Yeah, like before she asked her mom, she called her grandma and invited her. She, uh, she said that she called and talked to her before. So I don't know if right. she, I don't remember if she invited her there. Or not. Well, I know uh, she, she when she turns around, she asked her. She goes, "Was it all? Is it all worth it?" 
you know, talking about the, right. the the past and all that. And but she says a comment in there I hate, which I I hate it for a good reason, I guess. But she ends up looking at her. She's like, "Say goodbye to Michael and get over it." Yeah. Because she's realized that you know her grandma is not close to any of them because she's let this ruin her. And all it does is just Lori Strode looking at her. She just turns around and walks off. Well, then it cuts to Lori on her shooting range. And Lori's a bad mamma jamma. Well, she knows how to shoot that gun. Yep. That's for sure. So, let's see here. Uh, Oh, next scene is now we're at a hotel, and it's back to Aaron and uh, Dana, the the journalists. And they're just going through, like, old records and old... uh, tapes and stuff like this but i do love that they put a tape in it's from 1979 uh, a year after all the murders happened right whoever they got to play dr loomis's voice was spot on but i love that dr loomis's voice is playing over the transferring of michael to the new uh it ain't a prison is it i wouldn't call it a prison it's, it's i mean you could call it a psych prison i guess it's yeah, a, a mental hospital, basically. But I love Dr. Loomis because he's talking, and it's, it's even showing like pictures of drawings in the courtroom of Dr. Loomis. And uh, he's talking about how um, I've tried to get a hold of Michael. I've tried to talk with him, and it's just evil. There's nothing good about him. And right. then they're like, well, what do you suggest? And he's like, it needs to die. And then the voice... Or the voice termination. Can, he said, I, I recommend termination. Yeah, and then he's like, it needs to die. And then it messes up and it's like it sounds real weird it's like it needs to die like it sounds like almost demonic yeah i thought that was pretty cool um but here was my first telltale sign of something not being right with the doctor when i first seen this uh doctor what's his name certain sir yeah sir certain he is watching you know they've got michael handcuffed and all this stuff and they're putting these people on the bus and he's sitting there watching, and he makes a remark. He goes, don't worry, Michael. I'll be by your side. Yeah, I heard that, too, and I was like, ugh. What's up with this dude? Yeah, it's, it already threw a weird vibe off. Well, as they're loading him up, Dr. Sertain walks up, and he's like, this is my patient. I'm going to see it all the way to the end. Right. He goes, he's still on my property. So he gets on the bus with him. That being said, uh... This, to me, was a throwback. It shows the bus, and it's fixing to go through the gates. Well, Lori Strode is on the outside of the gates, and, you know, it's 7 o'clock. She's watching to make sure this bus is going to be transferred. Everything's going to be all right. But she starts weeping. Like, she's, you know, it's bringing back all these memories. But I love, Lori starts breaking down. The bus goes by her, and she screams. But as she screams, you see the shape, the shadow of Michael coming toward her. And it's only just like a split second, but I thought that's pretty cool because that's why they call him the shape. Right. All right. So now we got, now we're at the dinner scene, and yes, it was the Honor Society. Allison made it. And pretty much this scene, uh, they're just, they're meeting Cameron, her boyfriend, and they're asking about the dance. Her dad, Ray, is like, so what are y'all going as a dance? What are y'all going as? And they're like, Bonnie and Clyde. And he's like, yeah, but the, and then the camera's like, but the twist is, and he starts to tell, and she's like, no, 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 don't say anything. And Ray's like, oh, there's a twist to this, you know. Out of nowhere, Lori comes in the restaurant. She's like, I'm sorry I'm late, I'm sorry. And it looks like she's trying to be cheerful. Yeah. And 
you can see as soon as she comes in, you can see Karen, which is her daughter. Her face just kind of like, oh, how she she showed up. Yeah, she she made it here, you know. That's why I said I think that she invited her because I could have swore Allison invited her. See, I think Allison did invite her, but I don't think she invited her uh, when they when she met her at the ball field. Okay, I think she invited her whenever she talked to her. So, Lauren or Lauren, <laughs> Lori gets there. My wife was in this movie, right? And uh, she's like, "I'm sorry, hello, I'm sorry." And she's meeting Cameron. She's like, "Nice to meet you." And first thing she does is grab a big old glass of wine yep. and starts drinking it. And Karen's like, Mom, Mom, I thought you I thought you was done with alcohol. I thought you wasn't drinking no more. And they make her sit down. And then Allison's like, you okay, Grandma? And she starts flipping out. She's like, I, I saw him. Yeah. I saw him. I was there. And they're trying to calm her down. They're like, Mom, this is why you don't come around. You know, I felt like they just totally mentally abused her in this. See, Not Allison, Karen, and Ray. Go ahead. Yeah, it was like they almost treated her like a little kid. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it, it seemed it seemed off. Well, and then finally, uh, Lori starts breaking down. And she's like, "I wanted to kill him. I saw him tonight." And then that's when they're like, "Okay, you, that you're done. Right? You you can't do this. You got to go." And she just gets up and takes off. She apologizes, and gets up, and takes off. This right here is one of the most emotional scenes, though. Allison gets up, and I think you would do this with your grandma. I would. Allison gets up, and, you know, Lori Strode's just looking. She's on the sidewalk looking at the traffic. And Allison walks over there and puts her arm around her, and she's like, I'm sorry. You know, Lori is. And then she just lays her head. She's the child. Yeah. Like It's almost like Allison's the adult. Lori Strode's the grand, the daughter. She just lays her head on Allison, and I thought that was... that was It was genuine. Yes. It seemed really genuine. Yes. Like... You you almost feel like Lori doesn't want to feel the way she does, mm-hmm. or the fact that she hates that it's such a burden on her granddaughter. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go in detail about this one, the dad and son, where they find the bus? Well, this is. I don't know it, the the two that find it was like it was really weird for me. Mm-hmm. Like the the father and the son, they're just driving. I, they're getting ready to go hunting. The son's telling his dad that he'd rather go to his dance class. That's why his dad's taking him out there. Yeah, and I think that's why his dad's taking him. <laughs> but they're driving down the road, and all of a sudden they come across this. Like, they're, they're driving, and the son yells, Dad, watch out. And as soon as it shows the front of it, there's a guy in the middle of the road in a, in a white jumpsuit. Right. And uh, come to find out, it's the bus that Michael Myers was being trans, uh, transferred on. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, dad gets out, tells his son to call 911. And he he's going to get out and check what's going on. So he's walking around. Uh, one of the people in the jumpsuit ends up tapping on the window by the sun, freaks him out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he gets on the phone. He's calling nine one one, telling them what happened. His dad goes off. Well, his dad starts walking a little bit closer to the to the bus. Mm-hmm. And the son is on the phone with nine one one, and he says like something like, "Hold on, I'll check." Yeah. And he ends up getting out. And he's got the gun because he don't know exactly where they're at. Yeah, he has no clue. So he gets out looking for his dad, and he's walking up, and he got, walks up to this uh, it's one of the security guards mm-hmm. that was on the bus. And he's just laying on the ground, passed out, you know. Face first. Face first. So he goes over there with a the gun, gets up close to him, while the guard jumps at him, freaks him out. And I, I, honestly, I thought the first time I watched it, I thought he was going to get shot. Yeah. I thought the kid yeah. was going to shoot out of reaction. But you um, know what? That one part real quick was so realistic to me. 
when the son walks over to the security guard, he turns the gun. Yeah. With now the hand, the end of the gun, the handle, and he goes to tap the cop. Yeah. And that's what you would do. You know, he's pointing the gun at him, and then he flips it over. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so the cop was saying, like, he was saying, hang on, I'll find my dad. He was trying to get him help. And the cop was like, no, don't, don't. No, yeah, he's like, no. No, yeah. He just run. So the um, the little boy goes over to the bus, and he's walking. Does he walk up the ladder, uh, up the stairs, or does he just like well, get up he yells, he yells for his dad, and then he finally walks up to where the double the doors are open yeah, like yeah. on the bus. So he goes in there, and then nice little jump scare from Dr. Sertain. <laughs> yeah. He jumps out, and he's like, don't shoot. So what's he, the kid do? He shoots. He shoots. Hey, man, you would too, though. Boy, he, he freaked me out, and I'm watching the movie from the couch. <laughs> So he does that. He yells, takes off running. Uh, music's picking up. Music's you know? picking up. So you yeah. know something's fixing to happen. Right. So he runs over to the car and gets back into the car. And uh, who's in the back seat? Michael. Oh, Michael. I, and, you know, I'm really surprised. They actually killed a little kid. And showed it. And showed it. Yeah. They showed Michael coming up from behind him, grabbing him by his head, slamming his head in the window, yeah. and then just choking him out. Yeah, and you can hear it go. Yeah. Like, you can hear him. Crushing his neck and stuff. That surprises the heck out of me that they actually showed it. Yeah, when I was in theaters and I saw it for the first time, I was like, Dad, gum. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I kind of had the same feeling um, watching the new It. Yeah. And and when they actually bit Georgie's arm off, I thought, holy crap. They actually showed that. (laughs) And that was kind of the same feeling I had with that. Yeah. Yeah, It was trippy. Uh, Well, it cuts the... uh, All you see is... A gas station, and you see a Back to the Future pinball, and you hear the guy talking. Uh, you hear an, just a man talking about uh, getting a high score. What it turns out to be Officer Hawkins. Yep. And of course, as soon as you see the guy, you think, "Remember the Titans." Every time. Oh yeah. But he's sitting there playing, and it's funny because the clerk she walks up, she's like, "You want a slushy?" She goes, "You want a blue or red or something?" She asks him about two different ones, and he's like, "Just surprise me." Well, all of a sudden he gets a call on the radio, and he turns around, reveals who he is, and he says, I'll be right there. Well, he shows up at the crime scene, and the vehicle's gone that the little boy got killed in. Of course, Michael took it. But he gets there, and he's like, if anybody needs assistance, um, make yourself known. Right. He's got the gun out and the flashlight, and Hawkins is going up to the bus that um, the little boy just went and investigated. And you never saw his dad until now. He's walking around. All of a sudden, Hawkins stops, and he's like, oh, my God. And it, it pans over, and there's the boy's dad. And I guess, man, his neck was completely broke, wasn't it? Because, I mean, his neck's, like, all the way bent back. And it looks like he broke his neck, picked his head up, and laid it on his back. Yeah, it, it was it, it was rough. But that, then again, this is what I like about this film. It's just like the original. You did not have to kill, see the kill scene. For it to be effective. Yeah, because once you saw it, you're like, gum," you know? Yeah, it was... <clears throat> um, and then uh, Officer Hawkins finally goes up into the bus, and there's uh, Dr. Sertain laying there. And he's like, uh, police, put your hands up. And he's like, I've been shot. And he's like, all right, stay with me. And all he says is, did he, did he escape? And Officer Hawkins is like, did who escape? As soon as it says it, boom, black screen, all you see is October 31st. Mm-hmm. So now we know Halloween. And you hear a woman talking, and she's like, 
yeah, at this place we have uh, Bernie Mac, and this place we have, she's like naming all these dead celebrities. And she's like, but here in Haddonfield, this is the only star we got right here. And it finally shows the Judith Myers tombstone. Mm-hmm. And it's Aaron and uh, Dana, they're walking with the, I guess I'm going to say the caretaker. I, w- I would say she'd be like a great, like a groundskeeper almost. There you go. And I like it because when they get to the tombstone, they hit their tape recorders and they start talking about, on that faithful night, little Michael was watching his sister and it's showing flashbacks of the original. Yeah. Well, as they're sitting there talking about it, Dana's talking about it on her uh, little recorder. Aaron looks over and all he sees is somebody dressed in all white and he's watching around the corner and it's Michael. I, I wonder why he went back there, like if he was going there to get the tombstone again or what. I, I don't know. That dude was big enough. He probably could have carried it. But just like that, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, quick scene. It cuts to the hospital and Dr. Sertain is laying there. <laughs> what did uh, what did the sheriff call him? He's like, hey, uh, Henry, uh, what did he call him? Something Van Winkle. Uh Rip Van Winkle? Yeah, I think that's what he said. He's like, any news from what? Yeah, and he calls us. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he calls him. But uh, anyway, he walks up, and it's the sh- I guess it's the sheriff of the town. Would you say this? Or the mayor? Um, I don't know. He seemed like the sheriff. He walks in, and he says, uh, we found some of the inmates, and he says a lot of them were together holding hands chasing butterflies and officer hawkins is like yeah but look and he shows him the chart and he says what number it is and he goes this is the one missing he goes you recognize the name michael myers you know and he was like you mean and the sheriff's like you mean tell me it's halloween we got kids running around and uh we got michael myers on the loose in haddonfield yeah and he's like what we gonna do cancel halloween and then he just starts laughing and i and i if i was hawkins i'd have been like yep that's exactly what we're gonna do yeah, you know. I, mm-hmm. Now, this is one of my favorite scenes of the entire film. Aaron and Dana pull up to this gas station, and she's like, "Hey, I gotta go." What? How she said, "I gotta go to the bathroom. I got number two. Yeah. You know." And she's like, "You need anything?" And he's like, "No, no, no." And he opens the back uh, trunk, and you can see there's all the evidence files, and there's Michael's mask laying there. Well, he starts putting gas in the vehicle. Well, all of a sudden, you see. Michael Myers drive by and he's he's actually staring a hole at Aaron. He drives by in the vehicle that he stole from that little boy and that dad. Yeah. He parks in front of him and Dana walks up to the gas station attendant. She's like, where's the Lou? And he's like, the what? And she goes, restroom. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, like, really though? Did they have to do the whole Lou thing? I, well, what is she, British? I guess so. She's pretty hot though. She did look good, I thought. Anyway, uh, he's like, oh, it's around back, you know. So she goes to the bathroom, and I just thought it was neat that we can just see Michael in the back. He's out of the truck, and he's just walking in the gas station, like, yeah. and his, his all white. Like, nobody was going to say anything to him. And uh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, when she's walking back, when, when she finally says something about, uh, when he finally says the bathroom's on the left hand around back, as she passes, you see Michael back there, and he's just beating the snot out of somebody. You can't see who it is, but you can tell he's just giving right hooks after right hooks. This was another one of those scenes. I was like, where's the the uh, Joe, uh, what's his name? Joe Grizzly. Joe Grizzly. I was like, where's Joe Grizzly? I thought he, and then you were like, no, that's Rob Zombie. And I was like, oh, yeah. 
It would have been funny if he had popped up, though. I'm Joe Grizzly, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, she finally gets to the bathroom, and she's, uh, she's going to each stall, and each one of them looks nasty. Well, the last one, I guess, is clean enough for her. So she goes in. Well, now, all of a sudden, we just see a pair of boots come in. And coveralls. So you already you already know, okay, there's Michael right there. Yeah, if you know anything about Michael Myers, you know that's Michael. Just yeah. from his feet and his pant legs. So she's sitting there, and, you know, he's just slowly walking, and he's going up to each stall door opening it. And she's kind of like, you can tell that she's kind of, mm, you know, yeah. doing her business, but then she's also looking, looking over like, what is this guy doing? And he finally gets to her, and I love, I love it because the shadow hat moves across the door. And all of a sudden, he goes to grab the handle. She's like, I'm in here. Sorry, I was, I'm, in, I'm in here. And then it cuts back to now, uh, Aaron is going to pay for the gas. And he goes in, and he's like, hello. He's looking around, and the camera pans down. And you see this dude, the guy that told her where the bathroom was at, his bottom jaw is completely ripped off. It, I mean, I, Once again, you didn't have to see it. Yeah. Well, then it cuts back to now, the bathroom. All Michael does is he gets in front of the door again and he takes his left hand and he sticks it over the stall door and he just drops teeth. Oh, I thought that was cool. Like, what would be more freaky to see? You know what I'm saying? If I was sitting on the toilet and somebody just dropped a whole set of teeth in my... Yeah, I'd probably pass out. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And she looks down and she's like, what the... And all of a sudden he starts grabbing the door and she starts flipping out. Well, she gets underneath the stall door... And go or not the stall door. She gets underneath the stall and goes to the next toilet, and she ends up uh, locking the door. And he's banging on the door. She's just screaming, "Help me!" Well, it goes back to Aaron now, and he's still waiting there, kind of like, "Well, where's the where's the clerk at?" And he hears a machine kick on. And when he goes back there to see what it is, he finally finds the guy that Michael was beating the snot out of, and the guy's in his white t-shirt and underwear. He stole his coveralls. Yeah. Well, now it cuts back to he's still trying to get her. Uh, he's banging on the door trying to get her out of the uh, stall. And in comes Aaron. And he's got a crowbar, don't he? Look like a crowbar. And it's funny because as soon as he walks in, Michael turns around and he just goes, Michael. And he just walks over and whack, nails Michael right across the face with this crowbar. And Michael ain't having none of it. No. And, dude, Michael starts slamming his freaking face against that stall door. It looks so good. He, what do you think he did about six, seven times at least? Jacking this dude up, and Dana is on the ground, and she, as he's getting beat up, she reaches out and grabs the crowbar, and gets back underneath her. Which he did drag her. Remember, he dragged her the first time, and she hit her, she hit her head on the toilet, mm-hmm. and then she got away from him. Well, now as he's beating Aaron to death, he slams Aaron's head against the uh, concrete pad, and dude, Aaron's over there, and he's just twitching. Finally, uh, Michael goes over to Dana and busts in the door and grabs her. She's screaming, help me. He picks her up off of her feet and chokes her to death. Mm-hmm. But I love that, not that scene, but as he's choking her, you hear the the music die down. And it never technically showed Aaron dying or no. de- dead. He's just twitching. And he's even, I think he's saying Michael as he's watching her die. Yeah. But I but I love that the music fades down and it's just dun, 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 dun. and you see the the trunk popping open, you see Michael's hands grabbing the mask, 
He's putting the mask on. It's all like in slow motion, but the music's just barely there. Yeah. As soon as it covers his face, you hear get that breathing. I love the breathing, man. And then when he slams the trunk down, that shot of Michael just looking into the camera with his mask on, and that music playing and the breathing, it's just bam. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just everything's complete now. Yeah, like that. That made it for me. I loved it. I was just like, yes, you know. Uh. Well, then it cuts to Lori. She's at her house, and I, it looks like she's cleaning her guns, I believe, in the kitchen. Yep. And the news is playing in the background, and they're talking about the bus that crashed. And she realizes that's the one that Michael was on. So as soon as she hears it, she finally shows where she keeps all of her guns at. She's got this little clicker. She clicks, and it moves the entire, uh, what's that called? Uh, kitchen Island? Yep. The Kitchen Island over... And she goes downstairs, and that's where she's got all of her ammunition, all of her guns, all that stuff. She's loaded, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the next scene kind of uh, is funny because it cuts to Karen. She's coming home, and she's got groceries. And I don't know what her issue was. Like, when she come in, she acted like she was shocked or like she was nervous. But Karen gets home, and you can tell they live in a nice neighborhood, nice house. She, she goes in, and she's kind of looking around at first. She sets the groceries down, and she's like, Allison? Ray? And she's yelling for him. And that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know why it gave the imp- like why she had that impression of something ain't right. Well, the back door was open. Was it? Yeah. See, I didn't see the back door being yeah, open. Yeah, the back door was wide open. That's why she was kind of freaking out. Oh, okay. Well, then it's funny because Ray comes in, and Ray's like, hey, honey. She's like, hey, did you? Yeah, that's right. She goes, did you leave the back door open? Yep. As soon as uh, she says that, all of a sudden, uh, Lori Strode comes around the corner. She's on the second. She's on the stairs, and she's like, gotcha! And she points her finger like a gun. And Karen... No, she had the gun. Did she? I thought she I'm had pre- just her fingers. Uh, she may have used her finger, but she had the gun. She had I know she gun, has uh, one. Yeah. But Karen and uh, Ray's like, what are you doing? Like that. And she's like, uh, you know how easy it was for me to get in here? You have no alarm system, no weapons. And now she's got the gun. And it's funny because Ray's like, what are you doing with that gun? He goes, I know how to protect my family. He goes, I knew uh, jujitsu. And, you know, like, he's just full of it. He's just awkward. But uh, you would react this way, too, when he's got when she's got the gun and she's like, you need protection. The bus is, uh, the bus is crashing. She's like, what bus, Mom? And she's like, the one that had Michael. And uh, she's like, no, you need to just leave my house. And he goes, yeah. He goes, and what are you doing with that gun? And he starts to walk to her. And she's like, back off. She holds the gun up. He's like, hey, don't be pointing that gun at me. Yeah. That would be a realistic thing. Like, oh, yeah. how dare you come to my house with a gun? Yeah. But she says that line, and I, I can't say it word for word, but she's kicking her mom out. And she's like, uh, the world is not an evil place, mom. It's full of, like, full of good people. And with love, love and acceptance and all this, and which is such a... Lie. Both of me looked. Both of me and you looked at each other. And like, yeah, right. Yeah, and she's like, it's not an evil place. And she gets it. She pushes her out the door, and Lori's like, take the gun. <laughs> like, it goes hand to her. She goes, no, and she just shuts the door in her face. So now, finally, it's Halloween night, and out of the entire movie, this is the best scene. It's one shot the entire time. You see these two little kids walking, and they're, like, counting their candy or something. They're looking around, and it's so old school. All of a sudden, on the sidewalk, boom, they hit Michael. And you hear the, like that. And one of the kids is like, hey, what the? You know, and he's like, sorry, sir. And the camera pans up. 
And as soon as it shows Michael, you hear the dun 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 and it just strictly follows Michael. Never cuts a shot. Now, one thing I want to point out, how detailed the mask is, they even have the needle hole right here in the left-hand side where on the original she took that sewing needle and she stabbed Michael. I never even noticed it. Yes. Huh. So not only does it have that, Michael's walking down this woman's driveway and he goes to um, her little shed and he picks up a hammer. Well, the woman, she's wearing, uh, cur what's that called, uh, curlers in her hair and she's got a pink uh, house, coat, house coat. There you go, house robe. That is a callback from part two because in the original part two, when Michael escapes, he's walking and this woman is making a sandwich for her husband. And he's watching either the news or a scary movie. And she's wearing the pink uh, house coat and she's got curlers in her hair. Huh. And that's where he gets his knife. So that was a callback. And it was identical. So that was a callback from the second one. But anyway, the music's playing. It's just following Michael. He grabs the hammer, goes into the house. And I love the shot. It's from the window and he's coming through to the back door. She's making a sandwich. She sets a knife down and she goes away into the kitchen. Well, here he comes in the... I don't know what room that is. He walks in. He looks over to the left. And all of a sudden, he gets out of the view. And you hear her go, <gasps> and you hear a boom, bah! I mean, it's just like he's popping her. And then the camera starts panning. Here he comes over. And he sees the butcher knife. Or, uh, that's what you call it, right? Chef's knife. Yeah, he picks up the knife, looks at it. And the camera pans around the corner. And there's her body laying there. The hammer's laying there. And she's got her head busted in. Music's playing. You hear the uh, the baby crying. He goes into the baby's room, and the cam and I love this because the camera's following him into the I, I call it the nursery room, and the music dies down enough to where the baby's crying. Michael stops, looks over at the baby, and then turns back and just starts walking off. And that's when the music starts again, all the way through the house. Walks outside, and now you just see all these trick or treaters running around Michael, and. He hears the next door neighbors. It's um, a man, a woman, and they're dressed like she's dressed like a slutty nurse, and he's dressed like a doctor. Yep. <clears throat> and he's like, "I can't find my glasses. Hold on." And he comes back out, and he's like, "Hey, you'll never believe them. They're right here on my head the entire time." <laughs> and all of a sudden, um, he's walking up to this next door neighbor's house, and there's the shot that you said you liked. Oh, I love it. You can hear the woman talking on the uh, the phone, and she's talking about uh, they found bodies or whatever, right? Michael walks up to her big window, and you don't see him yet. The the music's died down. All of a sudden, his shadow comes in, and all you see is his mask, and you hear the da da like that. Uh, me and you even said at that part, that's the difference between Rob Zombie and John Carpenter is – he can make it creepy without even seeing a lot of the death scenes and having to say anything. Right. He can make it creepy just by showing Michael's reflection in the window. Exactly. He, he times it perfectly with the music and everything. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden, Michael's watching this woman on the phone. He stands up, and I love this. The camera never moves, and you see Michael walking down the side of her yeah. house, and you can see her, his shadow. Through her windows, yeah. <clears throat> so the woman comes back in the living room and she pulls the blinds down and as she's looking at she's like on her knees I guess on the couch big old wooden couch <laughs> as she's uh, pulling the blinds down Michael walks in behind her 
grabs her by the head. She screams. He slams her head against the wooden, the back of the uh, couch, Whew. takes that knife and slams it through her throat. I remember sitting at theaters and everybody in the theater went, oh, God. Like, yeah. I was like, that's freaking violent. Yeah, that was, that was rough. But that entire just one-shot scene, I love it. It's just stuff like that, man. I, because it's, it's detail that goes into it. I mean, imagine everything that, would have ha- that had to go perfect mm-hmm. in order for that to be in one shot. Right. And that's just something you have to think about. And I would love to see the making of this movie. Oh, yeah. I love that. You're going to have to, seriously. It's four hours long. Whew. You're going to have to watch the making of Rob Zombie's Halloween. Rob Zombie documented every uh, day since he started writing casting all the stuff to the very last shot of the movie hmm. it is awesome to see how they do the special effects but anyway i go back to this so now it cuts now to the school dance and of course it's oscar being annoying again he's taking pictures of allison and cameron and he's like oh yeah yeah great yeah sexy do that do that thing with your butt again like <laughs> it's just you know he's just over the top it's your favorite character man yeah and of course this is a school dance that no school dance you'll ever see you know, it's a movie school dance. Everybody's yeah. just dancing, having a good time. The DJ, I'm like, yeah, right. Mm. School dances, the boys are on the one side, the girls are on the uh, other side, and the preps are in the middle dancing together in a group. Exactly. So, anyway. So, the school dance, uh, Allison gets a phone call from Vicky, and this is where we first get introduced to uh, Julian. Little kid, she's babysitting, and Vicky's like, uh, or Allison's like, Man, I wish she was here. And Vicky's like, yeah, I'm so bummed, but I'm watching uh, Julian. And Julian's listening the entire time, clipping his toenails. <laughs> and uh, what would you say? He's probably, what, 11? I'd say 11. 10, and, 11. But he, he, this little boy's acting was so good. Like, his facial expressions, he was really good at. <clears throat> and uh, she's like, uh, well, hey, later on, uh, Dave's coming over. She goes, why don't you and Cameron coming over after the, uh, the uh, dance? And she's like... Uh, we've got some um, Alakazam. Yeah. You know, she's talking about pot. And Alice is like, well, we don't need to... Alec- er, it's a school night, so we can't be doing too much Alakazam. Alakazam. Yeah. And uh, and she's like, ah, quit being a you-know-what. She's like, uh, just come over after the dance is over. Hangs up the phone, and it kills me because Julian's like, I heard you smoke uh, talking about smoking weed. <laughs> and she's like, what are you talking about? He goes, Alakazam. You called Alakazam, but I know what it was. And she's like, no, we're going to do magic tricks, you know, like Alakazam. And he's like, what kind of babysitter are you? And she's like, you used to be my favorite kid. And he's like, yeah, you used to be a great babysitter. And he goes, if you was a good babysitter, I wouldn't be over here clipping my nasty-ass toenails. <laughs> like he did, it, They played off really good together. Yeah. And she's like, he's like, I'm telling my mom that you're going to be smoking weed in the house. And she's like, you want me to tell your mom about the, your browser history? And he's like, that, that, uh, like he, <laughs> he knew it. He's like, dang he it. He started stuttering. Yeah, he was like, dang it, she got me, you know. But anyway, goes back to the uh, the dance, and Allison is seeing Cameron, because he's been drinking through, from a glass. Mm-hmm. She, sees Allison, or she sees Cameron kissing on another girl. It upsets her. He sees that he uh, he just screwed up, so he follows her. And she's like, what the heck was that? And he's like, you don't even know what that was. Uh, she was trying to tell me something. He only trying to lie. No, oh, yeah. Her phone starts ringing, and I believe it's uh, her mom or her grandmother. It's one of them. I think it's a grandma. They're calling her, and he grabs her phone. He's like, no, no, you want your precious phone? And he throws it in a big old bowl of pudding. <laughs> and he's like, should I get that? Or, or do you want to get that, or should I get it? And she just... 
what the F? And she turns around and walks off. Which, like I said, no kid would leave their cell phone. Oh, no. She would have dove in after it. So, now it cuts back to Vicky and she's uh, putting Julian to bed. And she's just, you know, telling Julian, uh, you can tell they really like each other. Oh, and she, yeah. and she tells Julian, she's like, you're my favorite kid, by the way, that I watch. And he's like, I like you too. Yeah. Well, now Dave shows up. Oh, Dave. And uh, and I did like his character. I ain't gonna lie. Dave shows up, and he's dressed like a farmer. And he's like, to uh, for this special night, look what I did. And he shows that he got the tattoo of the date. I guess that was going to be the first time, I guess, or I what. Guess, I don't know what it was. I guess so. And they start making out, and... He's like, is it just going to be me and you? She goes, well, until Cameron and Allison show up. They're making it out on the couch, and she hears something, and she's like, do you hear that? And he's like, no. And she goes, well, let's go check. And he's like, all right. And I love it because he, he goes to check, and all of a sudden Julian just jumps down the steps. And he's like, and Dave jumps. He's like, oh, my gosh. And he's like, I just saw somebody standing in the hallway breathing real heavy. Watch me. It was an effed up thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, he says something like, uh oh what did he say something i don't know he make dave makes a sly comment like uh look at the little tough guy or so, he makes a smart out comment yeah. he's like shut up dave shut up dave <laughs> yeah I, mean, I, love, I love the way he said it though it's just... <laughs> yeah and uh it's funny because uh <laughs> she's like i'll go up and check and he's like no send dave first <laughs> like he don't care you know let dave die so Julie, uh, Julian and Vicky go up, and Vicky played it slick. She goes in, she's and she's like, in here? And he's like, yeah. He was standing in the hallway, but he, he's in there now. So she she goes in, you can hear her going, excuse me, sir, what are you doing in here? Like, she's playing it real good. Oh, yeah. At first I thought, man, she really found him. And then Julian kills me because he's like, Vicky? <laughs> he, and she jumps out, and it scares him. He's like... He goes, that's some effed up thing. Like, you know, you can hear I didn't like that the boy was cussing that bad, but yeah, yeah. But, it, but he played it good. I'll put it that way. Well, finally, Dave is down there in the garage, and he's smoking a, he's smoking pot, and he sees a motorcycle. I think they did, They literally just put that in there just so they cut back and forth real quick. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, just to get him out of the house. Yeah, just to get him out of the house. So it cuts back to now Vicky is putting him back to bed, and she's like, he's like, uh, Vicky, will you uh, shut the closet door for me? She's like, yeah, I sure will. She goes over there, and she tries to slam on it once. She tries to slam on it twice, and then finally she opens it, and there's Michael. Boom, comes down with a knife, and I guess he cuts her. Slashes her on the arm. But it's funny because Julian's like, oh, shoot. You yeah. know, and he takes <laughs> off. She tries to follow. She gets a chair and smashes it over Michael. She, she put go, up a little fight. Yeah, she did. She goes to take off. She's got them thick socks on, so she slips on the hardwood floor and falls. And I'll give it to Julian, man. He tried to come back up there and save her. Yeah, he did. He did. He came up there, man, and she said, run, Julian. And she's hanging on to the rail. Julian says, I'll go get help. And he takes off running. Well, Dave hears her screaming. And it's funny because Dave comes in. He's like, what's going on, Vicky? And Julian's like, uh, don't go up there, Dave. You're gonna get, or you're going to get killed. You're going to die, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Julian just takes off. He's gone. I hope he's in Halloween Kills. Oh, that would be amazing. I hope he's in it. But anyway. He takes off, and uh, dude freaking Michael comes down with that knife, and she played it very good. Her whining, her, no, no, no. Yeah. He stabs her once. You can hear that it. she's kind of almost gurgling, and she says it again. He stabs her 
Finally, after that last time he stabs her, I love how the camera is panned on Michael and he's looking straight in the camera. Music's gone. He's just... That breathing. Yep. And then he slams the door and Dave's like, F this. And he grabs a big old butcher knife and he goes upstairs and that's all you see of Dave. Oh. We don't know what happens. And here's another little, uh, as you say, fun fact. Fun fact. Um... It cuts to three kids running on the sidewalk. One's a witch, a pumpkin, and a skull. That are the that is the mask that they wear on Halloween three. I remember you telling me about that. So I thought that was cool. A little throwback again. Yeah. So you can tell the people that made this one are fans of the original Halloween series. Yeah. Um Hawking gets the phone call. He shows up at the house where Vicky was just killed. And he shows up and he's like, uh, Police department, he goes, this is Officer Hawkins, you know, he's doing the normal routine. He's going through the house, and he goes upstairs, and all he sees is somebody dressed in a sheet, sitting down. And he played this very good. Like, he's sitting there shaking, he's nervous. There's a pumpkin in the, in this, the one that Dave carved. A pumpkin's in the fish tank. Officer Hawkins walks over, and he's, like, hesitating. He's, he's nervous. Well, now Lori Strode is showing up. She got the same little call that he got. She gets out in her voice, the way that Jamie Lee Curtis gets out, she gets out, she's like, get out of here, go on, everybody get like her mm-hmm. scream queen. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> clearly. She gets out, she's holding her gun. Excuse me. And finally, Officer Hawkins yanks off the cover and it's Vicky's body. Mm-hmm. Well, Lori Strode looks up on the, on the second window and she sees that Michael is looking back at her. They finally locked eyes. Well, she shoots it, and all it is a reflection in the mirror. Yep. And Michael just walks on by the door, and Hawkins is like, Michael, and he turns around, and he takes a shot at him. Michael goes down the stairs, out the back door. Jamie Lee Curtis is, or Jamie Lee Curtis, Lori Strode is chasing him with her gun, and I thought it was pretty neat that uh, Officer Hawkins... As he's leaving, he finds Dave's body stuck in the wall, mm-hmm. and it shows his tattoo that he got that date. So he literally got his the day he died tattooed yeah. on his. I like right that. on his arm. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool. See, and I thought when he came in and showed her the tattoo because you couldn't really see what it was. Right. I thought it was like her name or something like that, and it right. just ended up being like a little date. And uh, anyway, so now Lori uh, is. Following Michael, she sees Michael. She shoots him in, I believe, his left shoulder. I may be wrong, but I think she shot him in his left shoulder. Michael keeps on going, and now Hawkins and Lori are about to meet up. And it's funny because he goes, Lori, meet you. And she turns around, and she just backhands him with that gun. Mm-hmm. Shows, you know, intentions are high, of course. Uh, excuse me. Anyway, so now Michael got away. And everybody, all the police are around. The sheriff's back around. I guess that's the sheriff. And they finally introduce him. They're like, look who woke up. And here comes Dr. Uh, what's his name? Sertain? Sertain. He shows up. And uh, he's like, what happened to my patient? You know, and once again, he throws off that weird vibe. Yeah. And um, anyway, they tell him that they want him to take, they want Hawkins to take uh, Sertain with him. To look for Michael. And he's like, you want me to take a civilian that's going to slow me down? But it's funny because Dr. Satane is sitting there and he's got his arm, you know, in a cat or in a sling. And the, and uh, he says, come over here with me. And the sheriff puts his hand on top of uh, Dr. Satane. He's like, 
just stay here, uh, and, or you you stay uh, you sit still. And he goes, I was sitting still. What do you mean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, anyway, well, finally, Jamie Lee, uh, golly, I'm gonna say Jamie Lee Curtis now. Lori Strode pulls up, and she's like, What are you guys doing here? You're just sitting here. You're not doing anything. And it just like Doctor Sertain is like mesmerized that it's Jamie Lee, that it's Lori Strode. And he gets up and he's like, I'm Michael's doctor. She goes, you're the new Loomis. She said that when I seen that, when I seen that along, when I first watched it, I was like, don't say that. Nobody can replace Dr. Loomis. Right. But make a long story short, he just tells her that he knows all about her and that he's been studying Michael for years. And he's like, did you know? That and he's like telling her all this information, and then I love it because she goes, "Did you know that I pray every night that he would escape?" And Hawkins is like, "Why would you do that?" And she goes, "So I could kill him." And Hawkins is like, "Yeah, and that's a pretty dumb thing to pray for." So I did like that. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. I thought that was a little neat scene. Well, now it just shows a quick, a quick scene of Oscar and Allison walking home, and he's just he's trying to take up for Cameron for doing what he did, but. You know, he's like, you deserve better, you know. And he's like, come this way, we'll, we'll take a shortcut. A shortcut. Well, now it cuts back to Dr. Sertain and uh, Hawkins are riding in a vehicle. And he makes the stupidest line, and here's where I was like, yep, this guy's got something up his sleeve. He's like, uh, you know he's uh, property of the state. He must not be harmed. <laughs> and Hawkins is like, oh, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, I was like, "Dadgummit!" I remember watching, and I was like, "This dude, he's been do something shady." Yeah. So Oscar and Allison now cuts back to them. They're hopping this fence, and she's like, "This is the dumbest shortcut ever." And he helps her down. And he's like, and "He's like, we did it." She's like, "Yeah, you know." And Oscar's drunk. Oh yeah. And he goes in to kiss her, and she shoves him off. She's like, "What the f is that?" He goes, "Well, you're not with Cameron no more." She goes, "That doesn't mean I want to be with you." And he's like, "I'm sorry," and it's funny because he's like, "Uh." Uh, I thought that we had something. And she turns around and he just falls on his butt. And she's like, no, there's nothing between us. And she starts walking on and he's like, I'm sorry, Allison. He goes, these girls were rubbing up on me all night. And they made me super horny. And he was like, "They, you know, they were feeding me guacamole. They had me all chubbed out, you know. <laughs> and But it's funny because the motion sensor light comes on. He's like, oh, oh, who's that? Who's there? And she's like, motion sensor light, dumbass, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she finally, she she hops the fence, and he's like, I'm sorry, Allison, and she flips him off. And all of a sudden, you see Michael in the background, and he looks over at him, and he's like, Happy Halloween, Mrs. Elrod, like he thinks it's his neighbor. And he's like, I'm sorry, man, for cutting through your yard. He goes, I'm just trying to take a shortcut, trying to impress this girl. And he's like, you ever like somebody like that? And Michael just stands there. You can hear his breathing. Mm. And he's like, all right, well, I'm going to bounce. I'm getting out of here. And he picks his beers up, and the motion sensor light goes off. Well, then when it cuts back on, he's gone. And he's like, Oscar's like, hey, acting kind of shady, man. What's up? Well, then there's Michael right at him. And, of course, they're focusing on the breathing. And he's like, Oscar's like, what's up? He's like, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. He can tell something ain't right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the light goes off again. The motion sensor light goes off. I love it. All you can hear is his breathing. Cuts back on, and he just slams toward Oscar. Cuts Oscar. Oscar screams, takes off running. Here's the music. Dun, 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 dun. You know that, that drum beat going? He takes off. He's screaming, having a fit. 
and she can hear him and he's like somebody help me please god help me like that she's like oscar come on she runs back he's trying to climb the fence <coughs> i'm like you i think i would have uh put a little bit more effort into climbing that fence Oh, yeah. Yeah, he just kind of stood there and waited for him to walk over. Right. <clears throat> and Which is, Kate got stuck. You know, he's a vampire. Look, I'm I'm a big old dude, but um, I think I could have got over that fence. Oh, yeah. Especially if somebody was taking Well, she did easy, too, you know. Yeah. But he's trying to get over, and his cape is stuck, and he's like, oh, please, God, help me, somebody. And he's yelling for her, yelling for anybody. Michael walks up and just stabs him in the back with the, uh, the knife. Right. And it's cool because here's another scene. You saw the knife scene, but you didn't see this part. You hear him gargling, and you can hear his bottom jaw stick mm-hmm. on the spike. And here comes that music. Yeah, and, it's, and then you hear the the drum beating. And she's like, uh, Oscar. And all of a sudden, a light comes on. And dude, his jaw, is the spike's been up through his jaw. He's bleeding out. She's looking around. She's starting to flip out. And then all of a sudden you hear that guitar riff. I love it. He steps out of the side, out of nowhere. She screams, takes off. She's taking her down the road. That music's still beating, that drum beating. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That that little guitar riff, man, just sets it off. And Allison running to the neighbors. And for the first time in a Halloween movie, the neighbors actually help her. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because her uh, grandma wasn't so lucky. Right, right. They even shut the lights out on her. Yeah. Um, well, so now it cuts to Lori, uh, Lori and Karen and Ray, and they're at Lori's home. And all she's doing is just like kind of, she's taking them down the stairs. And it's funny because Ray's like, what's this? And Karen's like, my childhood. And they've got police escort out there with them and everything. and Because they couldn't get a hold of, uh, they couldn't get a hold of Allison. Yep. So anyway... Now they're down in Lori's basement, and uh, she's like, pick your poison. And she's like handing them guns and showing them. And it's funny. It's Lori's <coughs> reaction. She cocks that gun, and she's like, I've waited a lot of years. I've waited 40 years for this. He's waited for me. Like, it's like she's finally like, everything's coming in play. Like, everything coming that she was planning for is coming to fruition. Uh, do you want to talk about this scene right here where it's Hoskin, Allison, and Dr. Sertan, and they, this is where they... Find Michael walking, they hit him, and oh, this one's no, no, because this is where. Ah. I mean, if you don't want to talk about, you, it, I was... you, you got these two guys. You can tell one of them wants to kill Michael, the other one doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you already know that. Um, Will Patton, uh, Hawkins is driving. Yeah. So they end up coming across Michael and just slam into him. Right. Lay him out. And uh, they get out, and you can tell Hawkins is ready to put a bullet in him right then and there. <clears throat> well, um, he ran into him hard with yeah, that. Yeah, hit him hard. Sertain goes over to him, and he's just kind of knelt down, and he's, you could tell he's kind of being shady. If you were behind him, you could tell he was doing something that's kinda, just kind of weird. Well, because as soon as he gets out, he's like, you killed him. You killed him, yeah. Yeah. So he's knelt down, and he's just kind of muttering and talking. When he pulls out this pen, mm-hmm. like an actual writing pen, and then it pulls out a knife. Yeah, because Hawkins says... Get out of the way. He goes, yeah. he's already dead. And he's like, I'm going to still blow this mother effer's brains out. Yeah. So Ugh. he does that. He pulls this little pen knife out, kind of stands up, and then turns around and just jugs him. Sticks him right in the throat. Piss me off. I don't know why they had to kill him. Ugh. So stupid. So he does that, and this is where it gets weird. Mm-hmm. 
So he turns back around and kneels, gets down back, looks at Michael, and he's like, so that's what it feels like. So I guess he wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody or stab somebody or something. Well, he made earlier in the vehicle, he said, I want to know what drives Michael to do this. I want to know what Good. it feels like. So he's he does that. He kneels down, and he's fingering the mask and yeah. grabbing it and touching it. Well, then it get, you go back to looking at Allison in the back of the car, and um, all of a sudden she's looking at the front of the car, and then Doctor Chetain jumps up with Michael's mask on. Yeah, it's just it's, it just looks creepy. Yeah, but that was the only thing that I would have took out when he's not even the stabbing part. I would have taken out the putting the mask on. Yeah, it just it was weird. Yeah, and then explain to me how this. Mm-hmm. I know where you can go. This guy in a sling, an old man, drags this giant <laughs> monster of a Michael yeah. over to the car, lifts him up, and puts him in the back seat of the car. Yeah. He opens the door. He tells Alice, he says, scoot over for my patient. Yeah. I do <laughs> like that line, though. <laughs> he, he just kind of shoves him in there, throws the mask in there, and he's talking to her the whole time. It, it, it was just weird. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, when he awakes, he'll be ready. And she's like, ready for what? And he goes, the reunion. And he's like, I th- and he, that's what he says. He's like, I think that's what keeps him going is Lori Strode, the hunter. It's like his whole plan is to get him and Lori side by side, hoping that Michael will talk. Oh, yeah. I think that's his entire plan. Well, I do like to, and the big insult, when the doctor leaves, he runs over Hawkins' body. No, I didn't like that. I did like this next scene, though. These two cops are sitting in the car, and they're, you know, down the road from, uh, they're watching the uh, Lori Strode's house. Yeah. And it's an older cop and a younger cop, and the younger cop's talking to him. I don't even think they ever said his name. But he's like, you know what? You're, uh, he goes, you remind me of a P, PB and J uh, kind of guy. And the old man's like, yeah. And he's like, but I, your greatest partner ever, went to the Vietnamese uh, sandwich shop, and he goes, this is a balmy sandwich. Know what it's called? A balmy yep. sandwich? Bomb-y. And he was like, and he's still like telling him exactly what a balmy sandwich is. And he's like, but thanks to your best partner ever, I actually had him make you a PB&J balmy sandwich. And the dude just looks at him. He's, he's like, like, no. Yeah, he's just, mm, I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> and he's like, well, what are you, you going to eat? And he goes, you want to see what I made for my supper? He's like, yeah. And he opens it up, the old man does, and it's a little Tupperware. And it's got a piece of brownie and a piece of uh, chocolate pudding. Yeah. And he's like, that is a brownie that I made myself. And he's like, yeah, that, that's that's what a five-year-old, eat if he could uh, make his own dinner. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I thought they played off really good together. They really did. And so now we see the cop car that uh, Allison's being held hostage in and Dr. Sertain is driving. He's talking. He's still talking about Michael saying something. And all of a sudden, Allison's like, well, he, he talked to me. And he's like, he did? And she goes, yes. He goes, what did he say? She goes, one word. He goes, what is it? And she goes, while he was killing my friends, he he saw me, and he said one word. And he goes, well, I got to know. And she goes, you let me go, and I'll tell you what he says. Well, he hits the brakes, like, right there. Yep. Well, the young cops, or the other cops are seeing this, and they're like, is that not weird? Is that Hawkins? So they start calling for him, and it's funny because they're like, answer the radio, you burn out. You know, (laughs) Hawkins ain't there, of course. And he's like, what did he say? Was it the sister's name? And she goes, let me go, and I'll, and I'll tell you. All of a sudden, I love it because you just hear his breathing. Mm-hmm. She looks over. He's got the mask on. He's looking dead at her. And the doctor's like, Michael. And he just starts smashing. Uh, what would you call What's that called? The cage? This is like a barrier. Yeah. Smashing into the doctor. 
jacking up the doctor. She's freaking out, screaming. Well, then they go to see what's going on. The other two officers do. And finally, uh, as Michael gets out, he grabs the doctor and pulls him out. He's dragging him out. Allison escapes. And then Michael just watches her, runs off in the woods. Now he ain't worried about her. No. Well, he's got the doctor and he's dragging him. And he's just staring a hole at him, boy. And it's funny because the doctor's like, Michael, say something. And all Michael does is raises his foot up and slams his foot like right on his forehead and just smashes his forehead. I, I thought it was a pretty good death scene. It was rough. Because was I've never seen it in person. But if somebody was going to get their head stomped in, mm-hmm. that's what I would imagine it looked like. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it looked gruesome. Well, it cuts to Lori. She's getting the house ready. She's going through and she's getting everything um, pretty much just set up. She knows what's coming along. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, now um, the officers show up. Their officers finally come around and they see the doctor's body there and they call it on the radio. But Michael's uh, Michael's on the other side of him. Well, now Ray is sitting outside and he's just he's got the gun, but he's just kind of walking around on the porch. No, he's inside, but he sees on the camera inside the house that the officer's cop car pulls up. So he thinks it's the officers. He gets out and he's like, "Have y'all heard anything from Allison yet?" And he walks up to the cop car. And you see something glowing. Mm-hmm. Well, he opens the door, and there's the young officer with that pin in his uh, temple, the one that he, uh, the doctor killed Hawkins with, yep. and his throat has been cut. And he's holding the old police officer's head that he has carved his eyes out, his nose, and his mouth made it like a jack-o'-lantern with the flashlight up his neck. That is, mm, that's awesome. And it's crazy because they're giving Michael a personality. Yeah. As opposed to being just a, a serial killer, he's setting things up and he's right. making, you know, scenes and stuff like that. Well, Ray's like flipping out. Ray's like, <gasps> you know, he's all, he's all terrified. And you can hear the bells jingling. Yeah. Michael has, it's like almost like a redneck wind chime. Yeah. He's got a string and it's got bells. With it, so it was like a booby trap. He comes up behind Ray and puts it around his neck. Ray shoots a sh- uh, shot. Well, Karen hears it and Lori, Lori hears it. And they're upstairs. And, uh, Ray is uh, getting choked out, and of course, Michael kills him. You can hear him finally just strangle him to death where you hear something snapping. And uh, I love this because Lori comes down and she sees Michael for the first time, or not the first time, but she sees him like he's here. Yeah. And she's like, Ray? And he turns around. Now he's recognized her voice. They spot each other. She shuts the door quick and she tells her daughter, Go get downstairs. And uh, Karen takes off, goes and gets downstairs. And she hurries up, shuts the door, she locks it, and she's just waiting for Michael to show up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, well, she's, ready. she's ready to do some damage. All I wrote down was uh, Lori and Michael, round one. <laughs> the mu- Fight. The music picks up, Karen goes downstairs, and Lori's like looking out the, uh, the way her door is built. She's got the windows in the doors and beside the uh, doors. She's looking to see where he's at. All of a sudden, boom, he busts in. With one hand, gets the uh, the other one goes through the other glass. He grabs her face and he's just smashing it against the door. Ooh, and I, mm. I remember watching this and I was like, "They better not kill her like this. Uh, like all this build up, she better not die like this." Well, what killed me about it is it looked really good and it looked. I mean, it looked so good, 
But then when he flipped her around, yeah, no damage to her face. Yeah, you would have thought there was more. Yeah, yeah, busted up nose or something. And he spins her around, and he's got his hands over her mouth, and he's trying to choke her out now. And she takes that shotgun, and she's holding it toward him like she's fixing to shoot over her shoulder. Well, he grabs it with his left hand, but his uh, ring finger and his pinky is over the barrel. Yep. And boom, she shoots it, blows his fingers off, and you actually, for the first time, hear him go, oh, yeah. like, it hurt. He drops her. Karen's down there crying because she don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, uh, Karen's got her gun in her hand. And she's looking up, and all of a sudden, that kitchen island moves, and she raises the gun up, and it's her mom standing there. Yep. So her mom gets down there with her, and she shuts it, and she shuts the door. So now they're in the basement, and all of a sudden you hear Michael's arm come through the door, and he picks that big old heavy metal rod up and just drops it. So now we know Michael's is in the house. Once again, here comes another guitar riff. He's in the house, and it's it's not the same one, but it's... Like, to me, it almost sounds like the Purge song. Yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. it really does. But uh, it, it just something about it just kind of makes it intense. Makes you sit up on your seat. Yeah, I loved it, and and I love the Purge Siren. Yeah, you know the sk- freakiest thing. This ain't even got to do my, this Resident Evil when that siren would go oh, off. Yeah. or Silent Hill. I'm sorry, Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. Yeah, the siren head. And you knew the ashes were coming. Yeah. Uh-huh. But anyway, so Lori and Karen's down there. And she, you know, she, of course, she's like, uh, I love you. You know, they're talking about, you know, because they don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry, Mom. I didn't believe you. And she's like, it's okay. Just be quiet. Well, she's got her shotgun. Lori does. And they can see where Michael's stepping. She fires a shot off. And you hear something fall. So she, she knows she got him. Yeah. Well, finally, she says, don't leave me, Mom. She goes, I have to end this, baby. I love you. She goes upstairs. Or she goes up to the kitchen. And now, pretty much what this is, is just, a I'd say about the, the next five minutes is literally Lori following the blood trail to find Michael. Yep. She's walking through the house, and now you see how she's got this house rigged up. She goes in each room, and when she leaves the room, she hits a button, and this big old metal gate falls. And I mean, you when it hits, there's no picking it up. No. So she clears each uh, each room that way. Well, it's... Really intense, man. It's real nice and quiet. There's really not even music in this scene. And she's now she's going upstairs because she sees where he had put his hand on the uh, staircase where the blood is going up. She goes upstairs. She's checking a couple of the rooms. Well, she walks in one, which I'd be like, nope. Um, the dummies? <laughs> yeah, the mannequins. Oh, yeah. She walks in. There's all mannequins, and they're all white. But you can see the blood real good on them. Yeah. So she knows he's been in here. Well, she looks down and she sees a blood trail leading to the closet. Well, one of the mannequins had its arm up. Like it was pointing towards the closet. Really? And it had blood on the arm. So I'm wondering, again, give Michael a personality if he kind of set that up to where it was like pointing towards the door. And you know what's funny? And this, I know people's going to be like, you're stupid. One of the uh, mannequins, his left hand was missing. And when I first seen it, I was like, don't tell me he took that hand off. and You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, he did an ash. You know what I'm saying? surprising. But anyway... Uh, she sees the... I love the closet reference. Yeah. She sees the closet and she's like... She starts breathing heavy. Well, she goes to the closet and you can hear that little bell in there. Mm-hmm. When she opens it up, she sees Ray's body is... When did he have time to carry that body up there and stuff that body up there? You know what I'm saying? He, he, when they were downstairs, he went back outside, picked it up. I guess. Came in. So, anyway, she sees Ray's body is... uh 
tucked up in the closet. She spins around quick. She knows he's in here. And she's going to the mannequins. And I still, to this day, when I watch it, like we watched it tonight, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, I know he's right behind one of these, but I can't figure it. Boom. He busts out, grabs her, and, uh, puts the shotgun against her throat and starts lifting her up. She freaking puts her thumbs in his eyes, uh, distracts him that way. You know, she pushes him off, uh, gets her knife, and she starts wailing it around. Well, he gets he gets uh, the knife from her, and he's got her. He goes to squash her head. He always wants to squash people's heads. Yeah. She takes his left hand where she shot his fingers off, and she starts biting them. And he makes another grunt. Yep. Well, she finally picks the knife up. She's fixing to get him. And he grabs it, reverses it on her, and he, I guess he stabbed, yeah, he stabbed her in the stomach. Yeah. And he tosses her off the balcony. Reference to the original, when he got shot at the end from Dr. Loomis, it fell off. I like when Michael walks over to the end of the balcony, and he just looks over. And she's laying there, you know, uh, face down. Well, all of a sudden, Allison shows up. And Allison walks in, and she sees the house is destroyed, and she's like, Mom? Grandma? Well, Karen downstairs, she's like, oh, God. Like, she knows her daughter's mm -hmm. here. Michael turns around and looks. But then when he looks back at Lori, you hear the da da, -da and Lori's gone. gone. I love that. She, she pulled a Michael. Exactly. That's what exactly what we was talking about, how uh, they both play off each other, and they both got their characteristics, you know. Well, Allison gets into the basement with Karen. Karen opens the... Uh, Kitchen Island gets up and tells uh, Allison, get down here with me, get down here with me. Once again, I, I like this scene. Uh, Allison's down there. She's like telling her mom, I'm sorry. It's the exact same thing that she just did with Lori Strode. Yep. Now she's telling Karen, her mom, I'm sorry, mom. I should have listened. And she's like, shh, shh, you know, telling her to be quiet. Michael, another guitar riff. Here he comes, missing fingers, and he gets a, a poker. Wasn't that what it's called? Yeah, fire poker. Fire poker. And he knows they're around, and he's looking around. Great drama build up. He walks over to the kitchen island, and he barely tilts it. And he's like, okay. He can feel a little bit of give. It's like, why is this thing tied down like this? Yeah. Well, he starts shaking. He's trying to get it open. And Allison's flipping out. Karen's looking around, and all she sees is her old gun. It's got her initials, KS, and it's got like a little lightning bolt she's carved on it. Yep. Music starts picking up that, you know. You, you know it's about to go down. Right. And she whimpers. It almost like Karen looks like she don't want to result back to this. Yeah. But anyway, so she goes over there and she picks it up. And she tells Karen, or she tells Alice, she's like, stay back, stay back. Finally, Michael is just shaking it. And they're now that they know, he, they know that he knows they're down there. So they're, mm -hmm. they're kind of hollering a little bit. He finally flips over the uh, oh kitchen. What's that called? Kitchen Island, and she's she's holding the gun up. Uh, Karen is, and she's like, "Mom, Mom, I'm sorry." She starts crying. She's like, "I can't do it. I can't do it." And Michael comes around. And as soon as Michael comes around, where he where they can see him, she goes, "Gotcha!" Bam! <laughs> Straight face. Shoots him. It looks like in the right side of the jaw. Yeah, that's what it looked like. And, I love that part. Yeah, I know. I know cause, because she's like, ha ha. Yeah. Psych. She played it so slick. And she shoots him in the face. And then right when she shoots him in the face, you know, and again, he grunts. And he tightens up. Old school, uh, 1978. All of a sudden, you just see uh, Lori Strode's face appear. She's like, happy Halloween, Michael. 
She cuts him just like he did her uh, on her on her arm. He hits her with that fireplace poker. She grabs a pan. She starts waylaying his freaking Ooh. head with his pan. She knocks him down the steps of the basement with the pan. And Allison and uh, Karen start trying to run up the stairs. Well, Michael sets up, does his Undertaker set up. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. But yeah. uh, technically, they got that nope, off Michael. Nope, nope, anyway, nope, nope. so he sets up and he grabs Karen's uh, leg. And they're all fighting, trying to get him off. And all of a sudden, Allison looks over and sees the knife. Well, she gets the knife. She cuts Michael's hands a couple times. And when Michael uh, like kind of shakes it off, Karen kicks Michael in the face. He falls down the end of the steps. And right when her feet get past, he's already up again coming up. She pulls this lever up. Then she pulls it down. And all of a sudden, these big spikes in the floor like make a cage. And that's what she says. She says, uh, it's, she looks at Alice and she goes, it's not a cage. It was a trap. And all of a sudden, what are, what are those little things heating up? It looks like they're little like heating elements in front of gas pipes that she's got set up to heat up as the gas is coming out. Well, Lori starts lighting all those up, and they're all over the house. And music's softly playing it. And I love it that Michael is just literally just standing there looking at them. Yeah. Like, he's not even trying to get out. He's just watching them. Lori Strode comes over there, and she's got a... Um, flare. Road flare. A road flare. And she just says, goodbye, Michael. And she clicks it on and she just drops it down there with him and all of a sudden you just see the flames going up flames all around him and he's literally just watching him. There. i love that it's just oh, like such a good shot mm, i love it and now the the house like each house is, or each room is going to blaze and i love that the little doll house is the original house from the 1978 version yeah. and it goes up in flames and the music's playing. It shows all three of the women they got out of the house. And they see a truck coming. Now, Lori's bleeding. And she's got her arms around Karen and Allison. And all of a sudden, Karen's like, uh, go, baby, go. Go get help. And Allison runs to the uh, the truck. And the truck stops. She's like, help us. That's all she says. Yeah. Cuts back. The house is engulfed in flames. And then it cuts back to the truck. And... All three of the women are in the back of the truck. Karen's on the right-hand side. In the middle is Lori and Allison. And they're all like kind of holding each other. But Allison has the butcher knife in her left hand. Music's playing. Camera's showing all three of them. And then all of a sudden, she goes to Allison's hand with the butcher knife. Boom. Ends. The thing I noticed, though, when they were showing the house as it was burning after they done got out of there, is they got a, like a corner floor shot. Of the basement? Yes. Michael wasn't standing there. Right. And it didn't show Michael burning. Finally, the credits are rolling. It's the end. But if you wait till after the credits roll, after the right before the movie actually totally ends, the screen goes black and you just hear... Yeah. So, we know Michael ain't dead. Nah, he ain't dead. And that is the end of Halloween 2018. Dun-dun-dun. So... Anyway, Randy, I'm going to let you give your first review. Oh, I went first last time. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I will give mine. Very happy with this film. Uh, if they would have ended it, the entire series with this film, like him burning, legit dying, 
I would have been happy with it. No. Uh, first off, I got to say I love the score. This is one of the best scores to any horror movie I've seen. Love it. Um, love the Michael Myers look, the mask in it. Uh, I thought Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis did a great job again, which, you know, there was no doubt she wasn't going to do a good job. Uh, I guess if I could have changed anything, I would have changed the doctor. Uh, I mean, I would have had a minute, but I wouldn't have made him as... It's just that one scene that really got me. Where, when I think the biggest thing with him is, we got so accustomed to Loomis, mm-hmm. and then he comes in and he's he's like a completely opposite of Loomis. Like right. Loomis was actually genuinely trying to help him at first. And I would have liked to hear more about Loomis, like what what, yeah. what causes death or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I would have loved to see a flashback of Doctor Loomis in this film. But anyway. Uh, I love the score, love the look of Michael, love the storyline. I thought it lived up to the original. Um, you know, 40 years later and you're doing a sequel to a movie. It's hard to live up to. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. And on the pulling scale, I'm giving this a thumbs up. Definitely must watch. I could watch this film over and over, which I have. And I'm giving it an A. It's not an A+. Plus. Because, like I said, there's things that, uh, I guess I'll say uh, the doctor scene where he put the mask on they didn't like, and then, hey, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, Oscar kind of ruined it for me a couple scenes. I mean, not big time, but, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. enough for, uh, but, yeah, thumbs up all the way. Great flick, and I give it an A. And the guy that played Michael Myers Yes, Nick Castle did a great job, but the new guy, uh, James Jude uh, Courtney, uh, phenomenal. I thought he, he they brought Michael back to being scary. Yeah. Like I said, all the other ones, yes, he was creepy in the uh, four or five, or part two, four or five, six, all the other ones, yada, yada, yada. Even Rob Zombie's Halloween. But this one, they made him creepy without having to show the gore yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Johnny, we always said that one of these days we're going to find a movie mm-hmm. where we just completely disagree. Right. It's not going to be this one. Because, oh, dang! Because uh, <laughs> you're going to kill me when I say this. Yeah. I actually enjoy watching this one more than I watched the original. Really? Yeah, I really do. And it could just be that I I enjoy newer the the newer, I don't know, movie effects and just the graphics and the way they look now right. and it's just I'm so accustomed to that and I didn't grow up watching a bunch of older stuff. Exactly. It could be very well. But I actually enjoyed watching this one more than I liked watching the original. I I, I mean I could see that. And but the cool thing about it is to to really get the full effect of this one you have to watch the original. Right. Because it's this is truly the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um I, I love the music. Yeah, John Carpenter is a genius with the way he uses music, and with the way he uses scenes with the music. It's just he's just, he's a genius. Right, that's all there is to it. And I thought it was cool that his son helped him do the music too. Yeah, um, I'm like you, the doctor to me. I didn't care for the doctor, uh, right. but that's only because Loomis played such a big part in it. Right, that you 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 know from a doctor standpoint, from Michael and the doctor standpoint, you you think of Loomis. You mm-hmm. don't think of anything about. A weird, 
doctor with his own agenda. Right. Um, uh, I didn't mind Oscar. I thought he I thought he added a little bit of comedic relief in certain parts. Um, but I didn't see a death scene in there that I didn't. I was like, man, holy crap! When they showed Oscar hanging by his jaw on that fence, I was like, jeez. And and I will say that Oscar, yeah, he got him. He was the most annoying character. Yeah. But I mean, like I loved his death scene, and I loved how he was like. Cause I mean the kid acted good. Oh yeah, but like sure. when he was like, "What's up, man? You act kind of shady." I, he did good. I'm just saying, like he was just his character. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, though. But um, yeah, I, that those are the, that's the only thing I would change is the doctor. But I mean, other than that, I loved it. I love the way, um, Jamie Lee Curtis truly played that. That. I've been preparing this my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I've been preparing for. The last forty years have all boiled down to this moment. And she right. had everything planned out. It just she just played it off really good. I mean, I I did. I really liked it. Really liked it. Good so yeah, pulling scale, I'm giving it a thumbs up for right. sure. Um, if you're a fan of Halloween, you gotta see it. If you're not a fan of Halloween, you need to see it because right, then right. you'll be probably become a fan of Halloween. Uh, Definite thumbs up, and I'm gonna give it an A. I, right. I just can't, can't. Good deal. I can't not give it an A. I, like I said, man. I mean, I I enjoyed it, and you won't hear a lot of people bad mouth it. I mean, of course, there's always people that have different opinions. Yeah. But I thought it lived up to the hype, and now it just makes me even more excited about Halloween Kills, which comes out next week. Next week, and I'm excited because. I'm, 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 here's two things. I'm excited to see it because I can't wait to see where they're going to go with it. And I like the fact that the mob is going after them. Mm-hmm. But then again, I've heard so much build up about this one's bigger, better, gorier, and all this. Right. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> is it, you know, like I said, they literally could have ended the entire series this way and I'd have been happy. Yeah. But that's it, man. That is our review on Halloween, almost an entire two hour episode. Dun, 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 dun. But I mean, like I said, man, I, I dug everything about the film. I oh, loved yeah. it, man. It's a great one. It's a great movie. So, movie. so anyway, on our next episode, it will be Halloween Kills, but it will not be a two-hour one, trust me. And it's literally just going to be us talking about us liking the film. We're not going to ruin it for you guys. So, uh, We'll do that in a little bit. Yeah, don't. We'll, we'll just, give it a little while before we do that. Yeah, we'll, so we'll definitely make it a non-spoiler. And... Uh, Man, that being said, I cannot wait for Halloween. It's right around the corner. And as always, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, word of mouth goes a long way. Help us get bigger and better. Uh, Tell your friends, family about us. Uh, You can find us pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast from. Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, Breaker, uh, Overcast. I mean, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast available. Uh, we're still enjoying doing it. This has been a year of doing this, and hopefully we will grow more and more and get more viewership. And Happy anniversary, Johnny. Yes, happy anniversary, Randy Cakes. Aww. You know, eventually I'd like to get big enough to where we could actually like do, uh, what do they call it, where contests like, hey, oh, yeah. like and share this and you'll get a t-shirt, you know, some stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. That'd be awesome. We got to get some merch. Right. But... Uh, I'm I'm just I'm excited with this episode. I really like, and then after Halloween Kills, Pumpkinhead, the original Pumpkinhead, the original Pumpkinhead, 
which I have not seen in a while. Been a long time. So I'm hoping it's not one of the movies that I remember good things, but then I'm like, dang it. <laughs> After I'm just worried it. about anymore when I go back to an old movie that we're going to watch, I, the only thing I really get worried about is the acting. Yeah. that's. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Unless there's some like green screen that pops up in the background somewhere that you can notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that being said, we appreciate y'all listening to us. We know this is a long episode. And my throat is about dry as can be. I've just sucked down a whole <laughs> bottle of water and it's still just been like, why is this spicy? So that being said, we just want to say uh, thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember to stay scared. Stay spooky.